This episode is brought to you by Happy Mess. Happy Mess? The kids' art place? Yeah, they do art classes and sensory play and after-school programs and in-school classes and birthday parties and camps. And adult events. Buy tickets to our next paint night or book your own for your next occasion or staff party. Check it out at www.happymess.net. What's www? World Wide Web. This episode is brought to you by ServiceMaster Sea to Sky. A home is more than just a house and an office is more than just a place to work. ServiceMaster is here to offer home and business services when you need them the most. ServiceMaster handles water, flood, fire, and reconstruction services. We take on jobs big and small. There's no project we haven't seen before. ServiceMaster, the complete customer experience. Call us at 604-938-0822 or on the web, smctosky.com. That's smctosky.com. ServiceMaster Sea to Sky, restoring peace of mind. This is the Sea to Sky podcast, weaving through the issues in Sea to Sky country. Welcome back to another episode of the Sea to Sky podcast, 2022 Squamish Municipal Election with myself, Stephen Fryer, my cohort, Marcus Monopoly. And today in the pod shed, we have mayoral candidate, Mike Young. Mike, how are you? Thanks for coming out. I'm great. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to the tough questions and uh, chatting with you guys this afternoon. The tough questions. Well, let's start with one of the tough ones. Who is Mike Young? Well, that's what I was going to say. The toughest (laughs) question of them all. Okay. Who is Mike Young? Mike, who are you? Why are you running? I moved to Squamish in 2001. My wife and I moved here, and I was commuting for five years to Richmond, uh, Annesis Island area, and uh, my wife was going up to Whistler. Uh, So like most people in Squamish, uh, two-car family and commuting. In 2006, we had my daughter, and I decided that I didn't want to commute anymore to the city. I didn't want to miss her growing up. Wanted to be available to take her to school, take her to dance, uh, go to uh, preschool, and that sort of events. Uh, so I started a property management company in 2006. Uh, we do rental property management, strata management, um, and we're licensed for real estate as well. My experience in property management for anybody that's lived in a strata corporation, uh, strata corporation is like a little mini uh, city. Uh, within that city, we've got a governance uh, board in there, so your strata council, and uh, I, so I work with strata councils in the governance of their their budgets, uh, their bylaw creation, their capital planning, and their multi-million dollar projects. Uh, in addition to that, uh, I try and support our community. I've been uh, on the boards for Sea uh, to Sky Community Services. Um, was on the board at the time when they built uh, Centerpoint uh, downtown on Third Avenue with the uh, assistance of uh, the United Church. Uh, I've been on the board for Downtown BIA as Vice President at Downtown BIA. Been on the board for Squamish Hospice. I did a two-year term with Squamish Hospice. Uh, also, you can find me on sporting fields. I've been coach, team manager for my son's and my daughter's uh, baseball team, my son's hockey team, my uh, son's baseball team as well until those started to conflict. They played on uh, the same evening. Big uh, part of the regeneration of the Squamish Youth Triathlon. I was on the, the board and race committee for uh, two years. I uh, did fundraising. Uh, totally out of my comfort zone fundraising, having to ask people for money, but uh, 
I did and uh, I enjoyed it. It's one of my favorite events of the year. My kids are a little out of that now and, and my schedule didn't work. So I wasn't able to do it this past year and COVID kind of kind of uh, stopped me doing that. And also I was a in-school mentor for uh, big brothers and big sisters for 12 years until the uh, program ended during COVID. Uh, the funding stopped. They didn't have the funding for the program anymore. Um, for 12 years while I was in that program, I only had two mentees. Uh, one I had for one year and then the other one for 11 years. So uh, we were together for 11 years, right from uh, grade one through his uh, high school graduation. Well, high school graduation occurred uh, during COVID, so that's the year it stopped. Usually that program stops when you're when you transition into secondary school or high school. It's usually just an elementary school program, but uh, they felt that the leadership that he was getting by our relationship uh, was really helping him with personal growth and helping him through issues. So we were able to have that extended on an exception basis. So really proud of that. Um, really like to give back to my community. It's important to me and uh, my schedule is full already. Um, so making time for that is is big. Yeah, and mayor is not council. Council is part-time. Mayor is uh, is a full-time gig. That is going to be a hefty commitment. You know, you already seem like you have a busy day. <laughs> I do. I do. I have a really busy day. I uh, We manage, uh, my company manages uh, close to 60 strata corporations here in Squamish. Uh, we're the largest property management company in Squamish. There are other companies that do business in Squamish, but Squamish base, that's, uh, that's what we do. Uh, as a principal in the company, if I do uh, fortunate enough to have the community speak and elect me as your mayor, uh, I've already spoken with my business partner and my team at the office, and I'm going to have to reorganize and do that, which is probably a good thing for, for business-wise anyways. you know. So four years ago, you shot for a counselor, and now um, you are aiming for mayor. Why straight for the mayoral seat? I had a bunch of people approach me, uh, community members, about uh, running for council, whether or not I would do it. Considering uh, running for council, uh, Fryer and I have talked talked about it in the past and our, our run in 2018 and what we thought about it. And, you know, I was on the fence. I think, though, that as, as a citizen, you can't sit back and complain about things unless you want to take action. And that's what I did in 2018. Um, and that's what I'm doing now. Looking at the candidates uh, for mayor at the time I made my decision, um, I thought that if uh, the current candidates that were putting their name forward got elected, it would be more of the same. And I don't want more of the same. I want change in Squamish. The people that we're speaking with, uh, our Squamish First Coalition, they want change as well out in the community. We're speaking with lots of people who who are engaging with the municipal hall, uh, coming to municipal hall with concerns. And while they may be listening, they're not being heard. So decisions are being made with input from the community, but the input is not being listened to. So I want uh, change for Squamish, uh, change in municipal hall and moving forward. I've got, uh, as I mentioned earlier, tremendous amount of governance experience with the boards that I've sat on uh, in my day-to-day life. While Municipal Hall is is different, of course, it's it's much larger scale, but the basis of governance is the same, whether it's a five-person board uh, managing a $5,000 budget or a, uh, you know, a 300-unit strata corporation managing a $4 million budget or, or our district. You know? Yeah, it is a whole different beast. You know, it is a much larger beast and you want to make change because that's that's your platform. Yeah. How do you expect to go there and make change? What kind of changes are you looking to make? 
We are uh, looking to uh, to change the CAC plan, uh, community mandate charges, uh, and uh, making developers pay their fair share. We are looking to uh, remove some of the funding or the the rental policy that they're doing right now with 20% or whatever percentage it is going in new developments for market rentals. Anybody that rents in town, I know that uh, two mayoral candidates and probably a handful of, of council candidates are also renters. And I think we can all agree that there are no such thing as affordable rentals in town right now, unless you are in lucky enough to be in one of the uh, income tested tested units that are being administered by Sea to Sky Community Services. Two bedroom apartment in Squamish right now is anywhere between twenty eight hundred and three thousand um, dollars. So. We want to look at that that policy. We want to have uh, contributions going into infrastructure upgrades. Uh, we're hearing from community and anybody that has used our rec center, which which is a hub for everybody in our community, young, old, arts, culture, sports, all of those things. There's uh, it's being used by everybody, and it's it's falling apart, and it's been falling apart for for 21 years. So we want to focus on uh, updating, renovating, replacing Brennan Park. Uh, you look at downtown right now, there's no plan in place for uh, development downtown. We're just throwing them up and, and uh, seeing the result. Current and previous councils haven't thought there's a parking problem. I've had multiple conversations with people from from the district and planning. It's preconceived that there's not a parking problem, but there is. I will tell you that there is a parking problem in downtown Squamish. You've got buildings going up. You've had, uh, I think, about 350 to 400 units that have gone up in uh, this most recent term. Some of them were approved by previous councils. Some of them weren't. But all of them only require one parking stall. You put in in uh, people downtown Squamish. These people are unfortunately have to commute for work. You have a two-bedroom condo that's $3,000. $3,000. The only way you can afford it is to have uh, you and your your partner in one room and a friend or or a stranger and their partner in another room. They're going to have at least two cars. Where are they parking? They're parking on Second Avenue. They're parking on Third Avenue. And these cars don't move. I My office is downtown. I manage or we manage almost every single building in downtown Squamish right now. I walk around all the time. 10 o'clock in the morning, there's not one single parking stall available. Okay, so where do we start? You brought up a lot of issues and you want to make a lot of changes. So you want to increase the rental pool. You want to also not densify because it's mainly because there's there's a lot of buildings being thrown up there. Unless densification is your thing, it's just your issue is with, with parking. And then we talk about like the, the affordable living so we can, businesses can operate. So, I mean, it's a big pie. It's a big interconnected pie. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to stick your finger one part in the pie and where would you like to start? Where, where do you think within this quagmire should the district be starting to work at first? So our uh, Squamish First Coalition's platform is to build a new rec center, new renovated rec center. We need another sheet of ice for our community. That's where we're going to start on day one. On day one, we're going to pause development, particularly in downtown Squamish. It doesn't mean that the developers that have plans in place right now or are moving forward with it or do not need any rezoning are going to be stopped because we can't, we can't, it's moving forward already, but uh, land assemblies that are occurring downtown uh, rezoning of commercial to, to residential or, or mixed residential that needs to be stopped. If you're looking for density bonuses, you know, these people need to pay for that, but we need to come up with a plan first. We can't just be reactive. And I think that right now the district 
has been very reactive to to densification in downtown Squamish and and throughout. Uh, we're talking about pausing development. We're not talking about stopping development. We are in favor of densification, but in the right spots. You look at the uh, Garibaldi Estates neighborhoods, and uh, there is a process in place to uh, come up with a plan for that neighborhood and how the future looks. And those those residents have banded together. There's over 1,800 signatures uh, that's gone to Municipal Hall and said, we don't want this. This is how our lands were done when it was originally um, zoned this way. We had a unanimous decision by our our owners that this is what we want to keep, and they have spoken, and, and we should listen. It doesn't mean that in the future it won't be densified. It doesn't mean uh, that it's not the perfect spot for densification, because it, it is. Right, it's on the on the corridor trail. It's on uh, transit routes. But there's other spots in our community, particularly downtown, that can be densified in the meantime. You've got the properties down Tandless Road that uh, the, near the fire hall that, that for densification across the street from there that can be densified. We don't need to be tearing down people's gardens, backyard gardens, um, homes to put up apartments or or townhouses. And and yeah, they're community gardens, right? Like they're, they're an active community for that. You know, there's a difference between wants and needs. Mm-hmm. So we need housing. We do need densification. The big want is Brennan Park. You do need the densification to build Brennan Park because you need those CACs because, you know, 60% of the district's budget is off property taxes. Mm-hmm. And well, the, you know, the provincial average is around 48%. So, I mean, if you're going to tackle a big project like Brennan Park, and we're talking about like a $100 million project, where do you think that funding is coming from? So this is where we dip into other pies, economy, diversification, pushing the tourism. Now we're going to broach into if that's your big goal, where's the funding coming from? Uh, well, we want developers to pay. So developers that are rezoning lands, you know, Garibaldi Springs is a, is a good example. Uh, the CAC contribution for that is is not even close to what they should have been paying. Uh, I know that they've offered the community other things, but we need more than that. There's a development happening by Brennan Park. Uh, the CACs were pretty low as well. Uh, so we need to increase that, especially not not for properties that are already zoned that, but if you want density bonuses or if you want to rezone your property or if you want to assemble it, there'll be a, a bonus charge for that. Uh, we also have a couple of industries that are uh, been talked about for eight, 10 years. Um, you know, they're working on temporary use permits, uh, a push to uh, have that stopped by different groups and, and they need to be listened to as well. But if those same groups say just say it lng yeah lng uh and fortis they're two different things but they work together so if wlng uh wants their use permits and the uh, staff recommends it and we put something together they'll have money for that to to help contribute pay for it all probably not but a good portion of it so when we're looking at uh, discussions with these these groups that are coming to the table that's where we'll get our money from and in addition to that the province potential next premier yesterday announced a plan for housing having municipalities offer more affordable attainable housing so we can use that as well we could densify public lands either crown or municipal build affordable attainable housing on there uh, mixed use similar to what they have in whistler and we talked about this in 2018 and uh, and so did you <laughs> have housing that's that's available for everybody different types of housing uh, lease lease to own rent to own property that you can uh, employment housing that you can purchase and you can live in it as a homeowner freehold owner but there's 
plans in place that if if you sell it, you only get a certain lift. You can't hit the lottery. So we've got to have those available for people. Workforce housing, go to any any restaurant or anywhere downtown right now. You can't find anybody at all. The restaurants have a lineup outside, sections closed because there's nobody to, to do it. By using that, the uh, provincial government said that they would contribute to building facilities and infrastructure in these communities that build more housing. So the federal or provincial government can do that. And it's my understanding that at the time where we received our uh, grant from the government of $11.4 million from the feds uh, to do some upgrades to Brennan Park, there were also options at that time for uh, rebuilding. It's like new rec centers, not just upgrades and, and environmental and uh, accessibility upgrades that, that they're currently doing. You're speaking a lot to the provincial and federal government piece, and mm-hmm. we, we've spoken to a lot of other candidates too as well who feel the same thing. And you know, there's always this talk about provincial and federal governments and lobbying the provincial and federal governments. Every other community out there is doing the exact same thing. Yep. There's only so much money to go around, and and the provincial government has to spread that money around because they too are elected officials, and they too need to garner votes at election time. My question to you is. Do you think we locally as a district of Squamish have been doing a good job in in lobbying the federal government for the funds for these projects and the infrastructure and amenities that we need here locally? Well, we have been awarded money, right? 11.4, 11.6 or whatever it was for the the federal government for the upgrades to Brennan Park. We also had received money from the government to remove the spit. Uh, That's another topic, (laughs) maybe for later in this podcast or not. Uh, So I, I think that that we have been doing a good job, but I think we need we need somebody full time staff uh, or or more than one to look for grant opportunities within our senior levels of government that will contribute to our failing infrastructure. I was speaking with somebody last night at the Sorca All Candidates meeting, and and one of their concerns was accessibility. For, for people. Brennan Park does not have a lift to have people with accessibility issues get into the pool. There's money available for that. Canada is offering money right now, the federal government, easy money for playground upgrade, upgrades. There are no uh, municipal playgrounds in Squamish for people with accessibility issues. Uh, they, they will put in ramps. They will put in lifts. Uh, we don't have a lift at the hot tub. This is easy, easy things inexpensive things that our community can doing to make it more inclusive. So I, I, anytime you get free money, it's good. I don't know the details, but and maybe they did apply for $50 million to build a new rec center. But I, I don't think we should be putting money into uh, something that is aging and probably aged out at this time. It's not free money. It's still tax money. It's still coming sure, from our wallets. You know, I yeah, knew but it, exactly you were going to be saying that. I knew that the, when the when it came out of your mouth, Mike, that it was free money. It's yeah. good oh. money. He's going to be coming back with there is no such thing as free money. Well, that that's it's fair. All, it's all our money. That's fair, and I and good for you for for saying that because it isn't free money. I pay taxes, business taxes, yes. like you, personal income taxes. Um, but I would rather get the money than the neighboring community. And it's going out, so we might as well take it. And it's not free money, but it is money that's available. And if we don't take it, somebody else will. You know, Fryer and I have discussed a couple of times is that when we lobby the province for some money and we get the money, when you go back for more, the province is already like, you know what? We already gave you money for something. You're on the bottom of the queue now. We're going to go talk to another community for what they need. So it's about lobbying for the right things. And it's just competing with other communities to get what we need. So this is where I come back to the wants and and the needs in in Squamish. And, And I think 
think Brandon Park is a really big want. But there is a lot more needs that be, need to be looked at. And I'm not trying to excuse the previous council for pushing back Brendan Park as far, or previous councils, plural, for pushing back the upgrades to Brendan Park, because there are some bigger prevailing issues, I think, in town that we need to deal with, which you touched on. We've talked about housing. Uh, we've talked about um, the densification in town and, and sort of things and parking. And like, we, we need, we need people here to pay the bills for the district. And, and another biggest sector is, is tourism. We need to push tourism as well. And they also need beds. There's the economy there that we need to work on. So we're not, the, the taxpayer is not the burden. You know, we, the burden should be somewhere else, or at least relieve the burden with other industry. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. Our platform is to uh, focus and working with these levels of government, senior levels of government, the province, and build affordable, attainable housing uh, using the money that was uh, being put into the housing with with the use of the CACs into infrastructure upgrades, increasing the community amenity charges, putting that into infrastructure upgrades, and working with the senior levels of government. And one of the reasons why we decided to form this coalition not a slate coalition because uh, you need four for a slate, the majority. Well, I'm sorry. We've been calling it a slate. Sorry for that. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. But a slate is four, right? So um, is because we want to show the senior levels of government that we're united. And if they think that we're united, they want to be putting their money in it so they can come up on ribbon cutting day and say, look what I did for Squamish. And the only reason they're going to put their efforts and time into that is because we're united. So our coalition, not the slate, uh, needs a to convince uh, one of the remaining four council members that what we're pitching is a good idea. You're right. They want to spread the money around. And hopefully we didn't miss that ship with the Brennan Park uh, upgrades that we got grant money for or the money that we received for the spit. And we can sell it that it's something else and stand united and, and have them contribute to our community. We're, we're in the best place in the world to live. We are 45 minutes from a world-class ski resort and we're 45 minutes from uh, one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Who doesn't want to live here? We have mountains, we have ocean, we have hiking, we have mountain biking, kite surfing, everything. So now you're opening up two questions for me in terms of diversifying the economy, uh, tourism, which is the biggest driver and gas. Because <laughs> we can have a, a resort twenty minutes from here now if we if we're up <laughs> for it with the with the tourism aspect there is not enough beds and how do you think we can support tourism as well as creating a larger rental pool are you are you referring to uh, permitting uh, not being so hard line on on nightly rentals it, yeah yeah, it, yeah it's a two part question because he's right right now. There is a deficit in bed space yep. in Squamish with respect to tourism. Let, let's be honest. We have two industries here. Housing development, recreation, tourism. And if we're going to put our, all of our eggs in the recreation tourism basket, which there isn't enough bed spaces right now currently to keep those visitors in our town. You're right. How do we create more bed spaces to keep these visitors to, to fulfill our tourism Squamish uh, mantra? Mm-hmm. Hardwired for adventure. <laughs> Even though nobody's hardwired anymore, Wi-Fi for adventure. <laughs> I was thinking the same hot thing. Spot. It's hilarious. <laughs> hotspot for, hot for adventure. All right, we're there. I, I like the hotspot for adventure. But okay, right? okay. When so, I am mayor, <laughs> <laughs> so how do we, you know, how do we broach that conundrum? Well, the <laughs> nightly rentals. 
we went from, uh, well, we were never permitted to have nightly rentals in Squamish, but uh, we put in a policy that's pretty difficult and restricted. Uh, if you have a suite, you need to get a short-term use permit for $3,000 per year uh, to be able to uh, use your space in your home to rent out to tourism. I understand the reasoning behind that, and we want to encourage owners to rent out their property to long-term rentals, but that doesn't work for everybody. Lots of people want to use that space for family, relatives when they come and visit, and they're offering a service to this community by use, allowing it to be used as hotel nightly rental space. We have um, different lands in Squamish, different housing options where you can have a suite or a carriage house, but you can't have both. Why not? Garibaldi Estates, talking about densifying Garibaldi Estates, you can put a carriage house there. Um, so there is gentle densification there already. So they can, the owners of those lots can add a, a carriage house, but not a suite or, or just a suite, but not a carriage house. I don't know why those restrictions are in place. If you can have a carriage house on your property, that's two rental units. You could use one for nightly rentals. You could use one for long-term rentals. You could use one for extended family, uh, your children that can't move out because they can't afford to live here. Uh, I, I disagree with the policy on, on nightly rentals right now and the bylaws that's in place. And I think if we remove that restriction, looking at a big picture that, uh, we would add a, a lot of room nights, let's face it. A lot of people are still renting out their property, even, uh, in contravention of the current bylaw. We don't have enough staff to enforce the, the people that are doing it in contravention. I think we should allow people that have a suite and or a carriage house to rent both of them out as a nightly rental. Maybe $3,000 is the number. I don't know. I know that my business license at my office is less than $500. I don't know why you're penalizing residents with a $3,000 fee. Uh, so that would help tourism. And that's a, another example of how our municipality and our, our muni hall does not listen to people. Uh, tourism Squamish, the chamber, were both strongly opposed to the bylaw prior to it coming in place. They held information sessions where people attended. I was one of the ones that attended and uh, the meeting went on and on and on, And but, but it got cut off. They weren't listening to the community. The community didn't want that bylaw in place. They wanted options. I am opposed to uh, nightly rentals and hotels in strata corporations without the strata corporation's permission. I don't want people, investors coming to Squamish, buying up all these uh, pre-sales, and then doing them on a nightly rental basis. That's not good for that community. And in single family homes, I think it should be permitted where it's kind of the reverse now. You can rent out a bedroom and I don't want, sorry, I don't want strangers in my, living in my house. And I don't, and I, sorry, and I don't want somebody living in my suite. So if I could not rent mine out on a short-term use, it would be vacant. Now, what, what about uh, secondary homes? Same thing? Like if you own two houses in Squamish? Yeah. Uh, I think that if the if you've owned it for a certain period of time, then then you should be able to do that. Like it's lots of lots of um, rooms in there. You got a three bedroom house. You could rent that out to people that are traveling to Squamish. Uh, right now, they're they're passing us by. You can rent out your your full principal residence right now, and I know some people that do. But um, I think that should be permitted as well. I don't think the purpose of the investment should be just for Airbnb, but in your secondary suite or your carriage house or both you should be able to do that with without the restrictions that are currently in place. And that will help. Um, I don't think it'll take much from the rental market because we saw very little change after the bylaw was implemented. 
So we did have that opportunity for the hotel on, on Finch Drive, right? One, 1001 Finch Drive, and they wanted to put a hotel in, but the community spoke. It wasn't put there. We need more hotels and we need more room nights. And if we don't continue to offer that to uh, tourism, they're going to drive by us. And speaking to that, you know, we have vehicles coming out. So the tourism thing, and we talk about interconnected, tourism is almost directly connected to our climate action plan. City Hall wants has targets, and rightfully so, but how do we reasonably tackle the climate action plan when really right now we have people driving up the highway to come here and then turning around and driving right back down? So how do we reduce our carbon footprint if really at the end of the day we don't have the bed spaces for these people? So you can see how it's, yeah, it's interconnected. Yeah. Essentially, we have people driving up, riding their bikes, having a picnic, and driving home. Yeah. Right? So that's not conducive to the economy. And that's not conducive for the environment. How do we look at rectifying that? More bed space. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and it, an easy first step, besides encouraging somebody to build another hotel, is to relax the current nightly rental bylaw. We went strictest at the time that it came in. There are other communities that went the strictest, strictest and are dialing it back. And I think we need to dial it back. I don't think it will take from the rental pool, maybe maybe a small blip. But if we look at the other pillars, which is adding more affordable purpose-built rentals or uh, under you know income-tested rentals, that'll address that as well. We've got uh, the district relaxing the Airbnb or sorry, nightly rental policy, a short-term rental policy. And then if we're building more housing, that'll that'll take up the people that, that may be looking for basement suites. And with all due respect to uh, homeowners and, uh, and people that live in basement suites, most people don't want to live in a basement suite and they live in the basement suite because either their family, um, you know, your kids when they move into there, or they're, it, they're in there because it's less expensive and it's the only thing that's affordable for them. We currently have, and during this past term, the successes of this past council is the creation of a housing society. Do you support the housing society? Because we're talking a lot about about housing and affordable housing and creation of these spaces and and all of that. Are you favorable to the to the housing society? The district squamish has created, and how? What would you do um, to support that? Absolutely, I'm in favor of it. I talked about it at the uh, last election in 2018. A few other people talked about creating a housing society. I think that we need to uh, base our housing society on what they've established in Whistler. It's award-winning. It, it offers different types of housing from from townhouses to apartments to employment housing to ownership to lease to own. We need to have all of those things involved in it. I don't know how, and I don't know if the district knows how they're going to deal with these percentage that are being put into strata corporations where they require that the the builder put in a certain number of rental units within that building and they've in perpetuity forever. I don't know how the housing society is going to deal with that because the ownership for those, uh, from what I've been told, remains with the developer. So the developer is going to own these units and then they're going to be tasked with um, either donating the rental suite to the Strata Corporation as a rental or keeping it themselves. Um, I know that the district has spoken with some some builders and developers about this policy and they have said, well, people people will want to buy a rental unit. They can never live in it. Why would somebody want to do that? And especially if it's a below market rental or an income tested rental that they're insisting on. I don't want to own a below market rental personally. I don't have enough money to support that. 
but uh, and I don't think developers do either. So I think the housing authority, I, I, I'm glad that it's it's finally be putting into place. I think it's a little young yet to determine how it's going to work, but I think we should look to Whistler and and try and uh, duplicate what the successes that they've had up there. And and I don't know how it's going to work with communities, Sea to Sky Community Services. They have a lot of uh, properties in their portfolio that would have been put into uh, the Whistler Housing Authority. So you'd think that those two organizations would work together, but a lot of the funding that they've received to build um, to build, you know, Centerpoint, uh, Riverstones, those are all ag- agreements between Sea to Sky Community Services and and BC Housing. I don't know how that's going to work together because you would want all the stakeholders at the table. Uh, yeah. And, and, and it all in one pool. So the OCP, yes. it's a living, breathing document. Sure We've is. We've had these discussions yeah. before, Mike. Within the OCP, we have the thought to neighborhood nodes, mm-hmm. neighborhood planning. But oftentimes it seems to be that there's not enough community consultation or the vision isn't there but really at day's end we haven't had any real movement no real teeth with respect to community planning neighborhood planning over the past term probably term and a half do you think we're doing a good enough job when it comes to planning our communities and do you think the consultation is enough with the with the community members I think that the, the the communications team at the district works really hard to engage with the community for for these types of decisions. Uh, the master master plan for uh, for recreation with the that includes the Brennan Park, um, and when they were looking at uh, redeveloping Garibaldi Estates, and when they were doing Garibaldi Springs, and when they were doing the decision on short term rentals, they do engage. Um, you listen to uh, council talk and and where they've they've posted this information. They've got the let's talk Squamish uh, chat on the district website. They put things in the chief and uh, on Facebook. But I think that you need to get out there when you're making these decisions and and find out what what people really want. I think that it's fortunate for those people that live in Garibaldi Estates that somebody picked up on this because it could have very easily slid right by them. Um, and I'm not trying to insinuate that the district is sliding things by, but people don't get involved and people don't really care. Not everybody, but for the majority, unless it affects them, right? And and uh, Garibaldi Springs, for example, you know, there were 1,900 people that were opposed to that. You ask for community engagement, you ask for community feedback, but you have to listen, just like just like uh, Garibaldi Estates the the uh, community members and all the people that that are speaking up against it are not necessarily living in in Garibaldi estates there there are other people that pass through they live in the highlands or or they like to walk the neighborhood they live down Tantalus road we need to listen to them and 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 move move forward with that so i i i do think we need more community engagement not necessarily more community engagement, but but the right community engagement. And I don't know how you get people out. You know, strata corporations, for example. You want to know how you're going to get people to meetings? Tell them that their strata fees are going up 50 bucks a month. Or tell them that that the you need a new roof and it's going to cost you $10,000 out of your pocket to put a new roof on. That's when people come. So you want to make sure that you hit people where, where it's important to them. And, you know, Brennan Park... You know, they they were in there talking about the, the rec center master plan, and I know I'm messing up the title, but um, but it, it was very passive. So I think we need to do more of that and and listen to people. 
they're talking in that OCP with respect to neighborhood notes. So yeah. they're doing community planning around neighborhoods. So neighborhood planning too as yeah. well. Yeah. And so what ends up happening often, and I'm just going to use, let's say the VLA yeah. or the, or Brackendale yeah. as, as an example. Okay. You have two, let, let's use Brackendale cause we're here. We're, we're up here. It's, it's close to my heart. It concerns you. It concerns me. It, you know, less than trying to keep, you know, objective, but let, let's just, let's just, Use it as an example. So you got Brackendale, and you yeah. have two areas in Brackendale that you would suggest are ripe for a community, you know, a neighborhood, places where people in this community, in this part of town, can congregate, can walk to. And so, are you referring to like uh, Bag? And um, no, well, no, Bag is like an art center, but I'm talking about an actual in the nodes. They're saying where the community can essentially come and they can gather, and this can be kind of the common meeting place for that portion of the community, whether it's Local Garibaldi Islands and Cloudburst. That's right. That whether mean? it's yeah. you know whether it's whether it's you know Valley Cliff or whether it's yeah. Denville or downtown Squamish or Brackendale or Garibaldi Highlands or Mount Quam area, you have these places where the community can come together. Yet. At the same time, and I'm just taking Brackendale as an example, they're approving massive developments and rezoning in the two places that you would suggest are ripe for these nodes, and it's going to change the entire look of the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So what I'm asking is, do you think they're doing a good enough job with planning our communities and, and adhering to the OCB, which that should guide us in that planning process. Yeah, well, they when uh, Finch Drive got uh, second and third reading three weeks ago, they were talking about that being one of those those hubs or nodes, right? Um, I think our, our biggest node or hub in our community is is the rec center. You know, I, I can't really speak to what planning is doing in, in the different areas without looking specifically at what the plan is for, for that area. I know, yeah, the node um, for Finch Drive and the uh, development that's going up on the uh, pavilion, like near the pavilion park, the Salterra development there, they talk about that being a node. Um, but... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not specifically familiar with what you're talking about for Brackendale. Well, essentially, <laughs> he's working hard for your vote now, Friar. Oh no, yeah, no. I mean, it, it really, it just comes down to Isn't development. This the note? I, I think. Well, he, this. Listen, it could be. It could very this well be. Who knows? In 20 years from now, yeah, it's got a this dart could be a stead and... or a note, or we'll just get three. But I, I'm just saying, like, it just feels like, Mike, it, you have these areas that are almost perfect for it. Yeah. And yet we're going and we're we're approving developments on these land. Yeah. Developers are is not a bad word. You know, if you remember 2010, where uh, after the Olympics, there's two uh, large developments, downtown Squamish or more actually, that went bankrupt. So these these developers that lost everything. So we, we, we do have to give them some respect in that manner. They're, they do, they're in a business. They're in a business to make money. I'm, I'm not defending them, but they could make that area into a node as part of their development. Like, Let's, and that's what I mean. They, yeah. they have an opportunity or had an opportunity to turn that into a node for this neighborhood. Again, it goes back to planning. We, mm-hmm. you know, you even said at the outset of, of our interview, downtown, there is no plan downtown. No, we just continue to build up. I mean, we know there's a waterfront. There's going to be a waterfront. Somebody else is doing it sometime sooner or later. And we know we want a, a second road, access, a second access a out. I mean, probably crucial if you're going to stick another 6,500 bed units down there or it doesn't have a railway crossing blocking it yeah right so my that's why i'm harping on the planning stuff are are we planning properly 
I think in some aspects we are. And um, I, I agree with you that it seems that when a proposal comes to planning and then to council that we're not looking at the nodes, for example, or what are we going to do about all the parking downtown or what's going to happen when we get another 6,500 people, your number, uh, downtown? How are we going to get out? If the train comes down the railway track and flips over and and disaster strikes, we're not getting out. People talk about the entrance on Bailey Street that, you know, the fire department has a key for it, but that's in a disaster. Where's the key? Hey, Friar, you got the key? I don't know where the key is. And as Squamish burns, and I don't mean to be like that, but 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 every that every got dark really quick. <laughs> <laughs> every know. minute that that's wasted traveling downtown with the fire department causes more and more damage. It's the difference between between you know a, a manageable fire and a fire that's not manageable at all. We don't have an, even an engine downtown. What's what's going to happen? And and then we move into the third part of it is is. People lament consultants. 60,000, 100,000. We're paying consultants, six figures, creating these reports. They're vitally important to us lobbying the the provincial and federal government to get those funds. Mm -hmm. So I don't see them as a waste of taxpayers' dollars until they become that plan that sits on a shelf and becomes dusty. What's your thoughts with respect to the consultants that we are hiring and the reports that we are creating do you think it's a viable use of the money in our taxpayers' dollars? I don't want to get bogged down with reports for everything. Um, I think they're important to do. We pay consultants good money to provide um, the planning department and council uh, with with an important document that we can use to lobby or use to make decisions on. But you're right. Why do a report if it's going to sit on the shelf? You know, we've got the master plan for uh, recreation. You go back six years in 2012, we had a master plan for recreation. They're quite similar and nothing's been done. You know, we've put in the uh, the skills park uh, with Sorka, uh, an agreement with Sorka for that skills park that's uh, by Brenham Park. But if you look at the other items on, on the list, they, in 2012, they talked about putting in the turf field, which is good. They talked about uh, lighting up Hendrickson Fields, which has since been done. But that that Hendrickson Field was was done by slow pitch, and the lights on on uh, the soccer fields were done by soccer. You know, there was some investment by uh, the municipality, but those those community groups worked hard to to get that into place. So I like plans. I don't like repeating plans every four years, five years, we need to act on them. We need to come up with what we actually want to do, not just because we need a a plan for this. Find out what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, get a plan and execute it. No more talking. Like we've got a plan right now in process for, to discuss pay parking downtown. Or paid parking where, you know, the tourists come up and ride their bike and then go home so we can make some extra money. All right, we're going to get into the rapid fire where we're going to talk about quick questions of the things I think we've missed in the conversation. You should get used to this because when you get to debates, you only have a minute to answer a question. So we're going to just get right into it. All right. And also to clarify on some of your positions that you've mentioned. Okay. Okay. All right. We're going to start with uh, densification downtown. You basically thinking it's too much and we need to slow it down. Uh, We need to pause downtown densification immediately. We need to come up with a plan for downtown. We need to figure out uh, the parking problems and we'll figure out a second entrance, come up with a plan on how we're going to do it, have um, a proper community amenity charge in place so the developers are paying for this and uh, other amenities, including a new rec center. 
Parkade. Parkade definitely needed a parkade. We want to make it multi-use. Uh, we want to make sure that it uh, has uh, EV chargers because in 2035, the uh, we're only selling electric vehicles in Canada. It'll take a few wa- a little while for that to roll out. Um, we need EV chargers in there. It needs to be constructed in a way that when we get jetpacks and we no longer need cars, that we can use that space for something else. And it'll be multi-purpose. It won't just be a parkade. We'll have something on top of it as well. Uh, we talked at length uh, about uh, about Garibaldi Estates, but quickly, you're no for densifying unless someone wants to densify themselves by subdividing their property. No subdivision, but they can build carriage homes, right? There's already soft, den- gentle densification in Garibaldi Estates right now. Yeah, The district doesn't need to go in there. Yeah. <laughs> Next one up would be going further out, gas. Garibaldi of Squamish, there is no proposal right now before council or the municipality. Uh, I know that they recently sent it back and there were a number of concerns, uh, quite a long motion actually, until something comes before us. Uh, and when it does, I will take planning recommendations. But you're not you're not totally adverse to it. I mean, if Squamish Nation is happy and everything sort of aligns and it kind of makes fiscal sense, you would technically think about extending the boundaries for, for gas or... Uh, I'm not really in favor right now of extending the growth boundaries. That being said, um, we're probably going to get in a pro-con or for or against discussion later about other hot button issues. I am not for or against anything. I want to take the information that we receive, ask questions. I am pro-Squamish. If it makes sense for Squamish as a whole, uh, I am in favor of it. Uh huh. LNG then? Same thing. Yeah, uh, I know that there's concerns about uh, the work camps, the temporary use permits, uh, where the uh, what's going to happen, uh, what's going to happen to our municipality if if we put, you know, 650 people in in it and in, in a work camp. But on the flip side of that, what happens if they don't build a work camp? If they don't build a work camp, uh, Fortis will give people a living out allowance. And what's going to happen then? They're going to move into our community, pay $3,000 for a one-bedroom apartment. So the poor person that was uh, paying $2,000 has nowhere to live anymore. So we need to look at that uh, fully uh, before we make a decision on it. And if we do grant it, and if the staff recommends granting a temporary use permit to Fortis and WLNG, then we need to make sure that they're paying for it. Yeah. Get that tax income. Not even tax, but, but you want it? Give me a bag of money for the rec center. <laughs> Taxes and a bag of money. And maybe we'll put LNG on the rec center. Well, sorry, not not me a bag of money. Okay. The municipality a bag of money. Right. Um, I want to clarify too about diversification of the economy. So we're, we're looking at our tax base pretty much uh, is the property tax. It's also tourism. We're hoping to get a tax inject, injection from LNG. Where else do you think we can get money from? Which, which industry should we be pushing here in Squamish? Uh, well, there's, there's rec tech. We can get rec tech in here. Uh, there's other, uh, people that would be willing to come to Squamish. I think that right now it's, it's people don't know what, where we're at. Like we need some, uh, cohesiveness and some collaboration, hence the coalition on council that will show, uh, people that Squamish is a good place to do business. And this is what you're going to get when you get here. Yeah. It's coalition, not slate. Got it. Yeah, I got to change my language. I've been calling it a slate for months. Sorry. Uh, well, I want you to go back in and edit all the other stuff. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But it, but it has to be a really bad <laughs> edit. It'll have to be liberal coalition. Yeah. yeah. Like the, no. the beep. <laughs> Crumpet Woods. Crumpet Woods. Uh, North Crumpet Woods. Uh, it's uh, ripe for, for development. It'll uh, help our 
community. Uh, we want to make sure that they are paying their fair share in CACs. I know that there's pushback from different groups in town that have some concerns. I think that the current plan that is before council uh, has addressed most of those concerns. And what's the bottom line? What's everybody talking about? Housing. How do you decrease uh, costs of housing and provide more? Well, you build it. You know, that's that's a possibility. I know it, um, we would want, that's why they want densification there, but it's not on an active transit route. So, you know, we have to be careful with that as well. And people do also want single family homes. So we need to make sure that we're offering a mix of, of options to community for housing, uh, single family homes, uh, triplexes, duplexes, up down duplexes, row homes, condos, all of those for everybody. And that's inside the growth boundary, but outside the growth boundary, Chima. Chima's not not in front of council right now. So uh, I think that uh, there's land up there. It's zoned for future residential. And we need to uh, look at that when the time comes. I know planning has made a recommendation to council that we not consider it until I think it's 32,000. Um, that number tends to keep changing. But again, how do you reduce housing costs and make more available? You build build more, but um, not currently in favor of expanding the growth boundary. Well, that, that that's a bit of a pickle then. We need housing. I know. You actually mentioned in the last thing about Crumpet Woods is transit. We actually never, this is I think the first interview we didn't actually touch on transit at all. It could just be the day. Could be just the day. Could be the this day. This is the 10th interview, right? Well, transit is, that just requires more lobbying to the government unless you have a, a, a yeah. unique idea for transit. I don't. I know that uh, there is a push for in our climate action plan to get people out of their cars and uh, commuting either bikes or walking uh, using the corridor trail, taking transit. In my business, it's impossible for me to use transit. There is a bus that's not convenient for me that is probably a 15 minute walk to from my home um, and it'll drop me off downtown eventually. But I need to have a car available for me. Um, I have kids in school, 13 and 16. Um, It's my son's birthday today. Happy birthday. Uh, And uh, it doesn't work for me. And I have a tiny little car that I drive around town uh, for to to try and do my contribution. I also have a uh, a hybrid vehicle that I use and uh, and a bike, an electric bike. I just purchased an electric bike uh, that I try and ride too, but it doesn't always work in, in for me and it doesn't always work for a lot of people in Squamish. You can't you can't uh, bring a hockey bag. Well, you can, but it's not. It's awkward. Easy at five thirty in the morning to bring a hockey bag and your seven year old son or daughter to play hockey. Leasing city hall. I'm uh, not in. I'm not in favor of of uh, leasing municipal hall. I, I. It depends on who you listen to. I'm not even sure that that's a topic right now, but. Uh, I'm not a favor of leasing. I think that uh, land is something that you don't continue to build and uh, we need to build on our own land. It would be a you know perfect opportunity to work with the, the school board. They're looking to build, uh, work together that way, uh, go to the senior levels of government uh, and their magic bag of money and uh, use that to... Our, to man, our money, magic our, bag of our, our money. money. I know, but... But it is our money. It's not. Uh, it's not. Um, it's not free. It's yeah. Vote money. It's vote money. It's, it's provincial yeah. vote money. It's vote money. And it's perfect. It's let's take advantage of it. One question that's 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 top of mind for a lot of a lot of people, not just locally, yeah, nationally, is reconciliation. Mm-hmm. The Squamish Nation and the District of Squamish, uh, but for one mayor in the early '90s, have never had an intergovernmental accord they don't set out the terms of the relationship nor expectations of either party. 
there is no current services agreement with the reservation lands in Squamish in the District of Squamish. What would you do to broach um, that gap? I, uh, I'm i sorry, I didn't know the gap existed. I think that there's lots of discussion right now with uh, truth and recon- reconciliation and working with First Nations. Uh, I think that it's important to do and recognize the atrocities that, that did occur and uh, and work with the uh, the nation on developing those 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 plans if they're not in place. So bring them to the table and 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 get it done. So let's we're at the point now where you can give us your spiel. So we're going to give you the floor. You can talk. You can give us your your elevator pitch, or if you want to discuss something that we kind of missed in the uh, in the podcast, it's your chance to sort of broach that. And the floor is yours. Go. Uh, well. Uh, Squamish First Coalition uh, Coalition is uh, on day one. We are going to look at infrastructure upgrades, including a new rec center, second entrance downtown, parking. This is what the community is asking for, and this is what we promise to do. We are going to put a pause on development, only build smart development. Uh, development that uh, has a plan is on active transportation, um, close to the nodes that that we're, we were discussing earlier, and we're going to build affordable and attainable housing. Uh, so that's what our, uh, our platform is. And, uh, besides that platform, we are a coalition, not a slate. And we say it uh, again, <laughs> just, I'm trying to replace all this. You've said over coalition. the last <laughs> coalition, coalition, uh, we agree on those, those, those three, three pillars and, uh, everything else vote as you may. Uh, we don't agree on everything, uh, but uh, we want to get things done. And in order to get things done and support from senior le- levels of government, we need to, to do that and move forward. Um, if you want change, we're the only answer. Uh, there are, we're only three, so there will be other answers. But uh, as leadership um, in the mayor's chair, if you want the, want the same you can vote for somebody else. If you want uh, change that people are asking for, you can vote for me. All right, Mike, uh, if people are looking to get in touch with you, Mike Young, where can they find you? Uh, they can call me, uh, 604-815-3939. They can text me at that number. Pretty good. I'll usually answer your phone unless I'm sleeping or in a meeting. Uh, you can also email me, uh, Mike Young at squamishfirst.ca. Uh, you can stop by my office and chat with me. Stop me on the street. Ice rink. Grocery store. Grocery store. Yeah. Uh, please don't use uh, the information I just provided for strata related questions. Right. <laughs> uh, are you for, are you a renter? Are you like part of the strata? Yes. Walk away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have a, you want to talk about uh, Brandon Park first? Okay, let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. you can throw in your strata questions somewhere in there. Well, thank you very much, Mike, for joining us today in the pod shed. Uh, given all those listeners out there, um, some insight into you and, and your campaign and uh, we wish you the best of luck with your coalition 2022 <laughs> Squamish Municipal Election so thanks for being here thanks very much for having me it's been a lot of fun this is the Sea to Sky podcast if you have a comment or story ideas please check out our website at seataskypodcast.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Sea to Sky podcast thank you for clicking us on 